0: Back to throw, in trouble, he's going to be sacked, no, gets away,
1: he runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10,
0: he dies, down, 49ers! What is up 49ers faithful, we are back with another episode of the 49ers Webzone Know How Podcast. As always, with Al Sackle, I am Zane Nackby. Good news, good, good, good news, great news, actually Al. The 49ers have taken another step in extending their window of contention. They have locked up one of their cornerstone players. They have locked up Fred Warner. All-Pro Fred is now the highest paid linebacker in all of football. Well-deserved for, in my opinion, the best linebacker in all of football.
1: So I want to talk a little bit about Fred Warner. I want to talk a little bit about what this means for the Niners and kind of the Niners plan here and and what the Niners are looking like for the next three or four years. We talking about that window, right? So with Warner, I just I love to see this because remember in 2019, I thought he was, I mean, he was awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought he was probably the most underrated player in the NFL. He didn't get any right. recognition for all pro. I didn't think he made the Pro Bowl in 2019, which is criminal. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. like this guy's so underrated, so underrated. And then 2020, it was kind of like, all right, slowly but surely he started to get his due, right? He started to hear mm-hmm. Fred Warner is one of the top linebackers in the league, and it was pretty much a universal universal national thing whereas before I felt like it was just not 49ers fans and people who were paying attention to the Niners that were calling that was calling this guy one of the elite linebackers now it's everybody and he mm-hmm. gets rewarded with a five-year 95 million dollar deal with 40 million guaranteed so you know we'll see how it all breaks down when the numbers come up but the bottom line is if the Niners want Fred Warden around for the next five years <laughs> he's, he's going to be there and that's fantastic because I think Robert Salah called him Something along the lines of the most important player on the defense. He's like the captain of the defense. Um, He is a modern NFL linebacker, sideline to sideline. He can cover. He is a stud. He is a blue chip player. I'm thrilled that the Niners locked him up. I'm thrilled that he's going to be one of the leaders of this team through this team's window for the next four or five years that we're going to see. And then he's 24 years old, Zane. He turns 25. It's not until November. He's a young player and the Niners got him through his 30 year old season. It's going to be really exciting. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm glad they did this. Got it done before camp. Get all the rumors out of the way. All, all the garbage
0: its done. He's locked up. Let's go. I mean, it's so huge. It's so huge that like, look, first it was Kittle. Now it's Warner. Next is going to be Bosa, right? That's the natural progression that we, that we have at this point, right? You lock up your cornerstone players. And the fact that they were able to do this before camp, and this does not hang over them as you know, like we're saying, like an albatross uh, uh, over over him at camp. This is one of those things where you can just go out and play because it sucks. Like it sucks for these guys to not know what the contract situation is, and like you know, all of a sudden, like you you're risking injury on all, and all this stuff, and your stuff isn't set. Uh, we don't have to worry about any of that now. And Prag Murate, like I mean, we can't give that guy enough credit. The guy's an absolute wizard. He's taken some heat in the past from a lot of people, and he's taken some heat with uh, with the Niners fan ba- from the, the Niners fan base, but. He is an absolute genius at what he does. He's one of the best in the business. And there was a point where we didn't think we could fit this contract underneath the cap. And we're like, what's going to happen with Warner? The sides are far apart, we heard at one point. And now, you know, this thing gets done right before camp. And I think that number one, maybe they weren't as far apart as we thought. And number two, I think that with the cap going up next year to normal levels, like non COVID levels, I think that you'll see a lot more of this type of maneuvering by this team to be able to extend their window. Uh, and like I said, I think Bosa next, but just the job that Fred Warner has come in and done. Like, he, nobody really thought of this guy as much of anything, right? Like, he, he was a tweener and he was like part, like, in the box safety, part linebacker in college. And like, you know, we didn't really know what he would be. And all of a sudden it comes out, bursts onto the scene. Like you said, criminal that like he didn't get the Pro Bowl in 2019. But I mean, like, he's one of those guys that this is, the exact type of guy that you want to build your team around. And he's one of my favorite 49ers. He is an absolute leader to go out from Patrick Willis to Navarro Bowman. And now Fred Warner, at linebacker. I mean, that's, it's one of those underrated kind of storylines as a franchise that 49ers have is that the fact that they've been able to produce these elite linebackers like consistently and so regularly. And it's super cool to see. So super happy that Fred's done uh, and his deal is done. Super happy that they don't have to worry about this, but I mean, let's go, man. Let's let's open this window up. Let's talk about this this window that we're going to have for the next four or five years with Trey Lance, you know, being the quarterback and and uh, all these guys locked up. Trey Sermon now in the backfield, hopefully for a long time, and Kittle locked up for a long time. The two young receivers that in Ayuk and, and Debo that we have, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team over the next half decade, hopefully full decade.
1: It is, and before I get into that, I do want to say you mentioned Willis and Bowman. I feel like we got robbed with them a little bit because Bowman had the injury. I mean, Bowman was was phenomenal, all pro mm-hmm. linebacker, and he has the injury and his career's cut short. Willis had some injury problems; he retired quite early. You know, we thought he would be around a lot more. So I feel like, in a way, the Niners fans—it was we were blessed to have them, and but then we kind of got robbed of longevity from them. So I hope that Warner has a long ten plus year career, and in is, is around for a really long time here. But you said, yeah, we've been lucky with Willis Bowman and, and Warner, just three, three fantastic all pro stud blue chip guys. And you mentioned the window, but before we just kind of get into that, the reason they're able to do this with the contracts is because they have a QB on a rookie deal. Jimmy's contract's going to be off the books next year if, it's, mm-hmm. you know, if, he, if he even starts week one this year. But next year it's off the books. So you don't have to worry about paying that 25, 26, 27, 30 million, mm-hmm. whatever it is for a quarterback. Now you have the QB on the rookie deal, and you can sign these guys. You can extend your window. You can get your blue chip guys locked up. And let's look at this window really quick. Talked about the four to five year, probably what I think it is for them with this core, with this core group. And look at what the Niners have done here. Trent Williams is assigned through 2026. Fred Warner now through through 2026. You have Eric Armstead through 2024, George Kittle through 2025. Bosa is 2024, 2023, and then I think they'll have an option on him, right? But you hope if he's Correct. healthy that they can extend him too. Mm-hmm. Even somebody like Kyle Uzcheck is, is to 2025. Mm-hmm. So Javon Kinlaw 2024. Brandon Ayuk is going to be around for a while. I think I believe he's 2023 Four. or 24, 24. Yeah. So. They have this window and then you have the quarterback and you just drafted Trey Sermon and you just just drafted Trey Lance. And, and with that QB contract, I think best case scenario, what you could hope for the Niners over the next 10 years is kind of what we saw with this. We've seen with the Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess you hate to use the Seahawks as an example, but with Wilson's rookie contract, they were loaded, right? They mm-hmm. had that loaded defense. They had Wilson in, and they did get to a couple Super Bowls with sort of a complete team. Now they haven't gotten back to a Super Bowl, but they're kind of a team with Russell kind of carrying them. And and obviously they just drafted Metcalf as well, but Lockett's a good player. But the second half of Wilson's tenure there so far has been more him. So you hope with the Niners that they can have this complete team for the next four or five years. Mm -hmm. And then if they have to sign, it's a great thing if they have to sign Trey Lance, right? It means he's a stud. So eventually you have to pay him and then you hope that he can carry the team. So this is it, man. This is that four to five year window. And and this is important for the team, man. Let's they have to take advantage of this. I am going to be harping on at Zane, all season. This is the beginning of the window.
0: They have to take advantage. Yeah, and I think that when it comes to like even Kyle uh, and his window, all of this is lining up with the end of that extension that he got. And it's there's no there's no coincidence there because the thing is that if he hasn't done anything by then, at that point, I think that there's going to have to be some sort of movement there. Like I'm, mean, and I'm not saying that he won't do anything. I have full confidence in Kyle, but. The point is, is that like all of this is, is lining up together because by that point, like 2024, 2025, like if you haven't, if you still haven't done anything as a team, things will probably get shaken up at that point because mm-hmm. then like that's, that's basically eight years of, of Kasha, eight, nine years of Kasha and John Lynch being uh, at the helm. And if they haven't produced like another Super Bowl berth or a championship by that time, I mean, and, and they're, and they're still kind of floundering and they're not really at the top of the division. Then we'll have to reassess. But I think that they will be at the top of the division because, like you said, they're now on the, they're basically opening their window at a time where the other teams in NFC West are kind of floundering and they're kind of, uh, their windows are, shor- are shortening. The Rams, Matt Stafford has probably three to four years left at this level if he can stay healthy, um, max. The Cardinals, I, I'm not a big believer in Cliff Kingsbury. I, I don't think he's a very good coach. And Kyler Murray has to really prove more than than what than what he's done. And they've got a bunch of aging bets on the tail end of their career as well that, that they've got on, on that team. So I'm not really scared of them. Seattle, as you mentioned, just Russ. It's just Russ and Metcalf. And Pete Carroll's getting older. They probably have a maximum of three to four years left, maybe five. Uh, if Ruskin stay healthy and if he can keep them afloat, but the guy's never been injured. He's never missed a game. So at some point he's going to start getting injured. He's going to start missing games. Right. So you gotta, you gotta think that. So anyways, like, I don't want to project what's going to happen with other teams, but the Niners are in a pretty good position themselves. And the goal out is not to get, I don't think we're not in the NFL where the, the type of NFL where it's like, you're going to get multiple super bowls. Like, it's like, all right, I'm a five-year window. I'm going to win like four super bowls in the five-year window. It's not like that anymore. You want to play for one first, and then see what you can get after that. So really, like the bar is just like like a Super Bowl, which is (laughs) I say that like it's easy, but it's it's really hard. But the the bar is like all right, in five years you should you should have you should be hoisting a Lombardi within five years. Yeah, Tom
1: Tom Brady made everything. You have to take Tom Brady out of the equation. That whole thing is a freak. You look guys like Peyton Manning. He's got two. Aaron Rodgers has one. Drew Brees has won. Russell Wilson has won. If you win a Super Bowl. That's pretty damn good. You can't look at teams like the Patriots and the, and the Niners of the 80s and 90s. Like those are freak things that you, you mm-hmm. really can't count on. You know, it would be great if it happened. But like you said, yeah, really, the goal is to
0: lock down a championship at some point. That's really the goal. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't think that's unreasonable to say. People may be like, oh, well, what are you talking about? We want multiple. No, man. Start with one. Yeah, get one. Get to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we missed, get, to exactly. playoffs. <laughs> get to the playoffs. Get to the playoffs win your division, start with, start with a Super Bowl. We've been sitting on five Super Bowls for 25-plus years, right? We've two shots yeah. at six. We failed at both. So let's start with one. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really the goal to me, Alex, one, one Super Bowl. And the way kind of everything's reset almost with this
1: rebuild is kind of crazy to me. Because you look at the, the way Shanahan Lynch took over, and they kind of – I mean, they did – there are young guys that are cores like George Kittle and Fred Warner and, and Nick Bosa and guys that they drafted. But they brought in a lot of vets too to kind of – that ended up being sort of a quick fix that got them in 2019 to that Super Bowl, right? Your Richard Shermans, mm-hmm. you know, your D Forge, your Emmanuel Sanders. Gar- Garoppolo was not a rookie. I know he didn't have starting experience, but they brought in a quarterback. Joe Staley was already there. You know, things like Richard Sherman, I, guess, I don't know if I said Sherman, but there's, there were guys that were sort of already there. Buckner had had been a piece there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they, they made the Super Bowl run quickly. And then a lot of those guys kind of left. That was sort of a one off. And then last year they hoped they can kind of build off what was left there and and make another run. And it didn't happen for whatever reason, a lot of injuries or whatever. But now they've kind of reset everything again, right? I mean, there's a lot of young players now that really hadn't been there that they're going to be counting on in the next four or five years. And it is almost like two, I don't want to say two different eras with Shanahan, because it's not quite that. Because again, there are your Kittles and your Warners and guys that are carrying over. But it's definitely a lot of the core is changing over in a short time. It's been interesting to me how it's been built. And, and, you know, listen, they got to a Super Bowl in three years, didn't happen, and now there's this, this new excitement with a new quarterback and a new running back. And, and, and Brandon Ayuk and, and hopefully a healthy Nick Bosa now leading the defense along with Warner. There's going to be changeover in, in the secondary next year. It's going to be really interesting to see this team the next the next three, four years, and, and can they build on the promise? Can they become one of the perennial playoff teams? I think that they can. I don't know that I was ever super sold in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 surprised the hell out of me where you were kind of like, oh, well, they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And holy shit, Nick Bosa is a a game changer. You know, you hope he's going to be, but you don't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I was ever really, is this sustainable? I don't know. And maybe it wasn't. But now with this new group of people, I think that it is a little bit more sustainable. It's been a crazy four years, man. It's been a crazy yeah. 4 years. The life of a Niners fan, I'll tell you what.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been insane. And like to that point, I think that when we talk about sustainability, when you've got a bunch of guys on rookie contracts, like you mentioned how Seattle did, that's exactly how it's done. Unless you just catch lightning in a bottle or you somehow draft a quarterback that just becomes this generational talent like Patrick Mahomes, right? Like unless you get that guy you're going to have to build a team like this and you're going to have to build a team with a bunch of rookie contracts and savvy veteran signings like an Alex Mack, for example. So I really, I really do believe in them and I really do believe in this, this window that they have. Um, the secondary turnover next year, it'll be helped by number one, probably Jimmy Garoppolo's contract coming off the books. Like, Let's be honest, like that's, that's basically done. He's not coming back to yeah, that deal if right. he ever comes back. So that's one thing. And the other thing is the cap is going to go up too. Right, so I mentioned that earlier. Like the cap is the cap this past year, it actually went it it actually lowered as a result of COVID and all these things. So that they were external to, to the NFL, but it's going to return to its natural progression in 2022, and I think that's going to be huge for a lot of teams. And the guys like Kwan Williams, a one year deal, and you got Mosley who was on a two year deal, and like you've got really Jason Barrett who was on a one year deal. Like that, those positions in the secondary, they're going to be you'll you'll be more equipped to be able to address those whether you want to re-sign those guys or want to look externally? Uh, we have to remember the Niners are not going to be having as much draft capital the next couple of years as they have in the past because of the, right. the, the Lance trade. So they're going to have to make the most of their free agent signings, and they're going to have to make the most of the cap room that they have. So you're going to see how maybe more of a, a win-now attitude, which is the Niners, they don't really do that, which is why when they made the Sanders trade in 2019, I was really surprised because they don't really do that. Like, Brock Morante doesn't, like, that's not how he operates. It's always long view for him. So I think that now because the fact that they don't have as much draft capital and if they can't basically like trade away at like a player for more draft capital, you're going to see more activity and free agency in the coming, in the coming probably two off seasons. And you're going to see a more aggressive push to get this team over the hump, And that's a good thing because at some point uh, we got to know these guys are the guys. If this group is the goop, we got to know what they can do and we got to know if right. they're the guys. So a lot of it hinges on Trey Lance's development of, tra- you know, honestly, and like the question was posed, like when does, when is Trey going to start? We, we always hear that. And not to pivot away from the window, but honestly, Trey's going to start when he's ready, right? Like that's, that's going to be the, the determining factor. It's not going to be like the team's record or how Jimmy Garoppolo is playing or XYZ thing. Like it's not going to be that. It's going to be ex- like 100% on Trey's development. If he's ready, it's he's okay. going to play. And they have to hope that he's the guy because they're surrounding him. With, basically, they're putting him into the perfect situation, in my opinion, with a good offensive mind, a really good team around him, a bunch of uh, your stars are locked up. Your cornerstones are locked up. He's got weapons and he's got everything that he needs to be able to develop. So I feel, I feel like initially they're developing him the right way. Um, my fear is that they kind of give into that itch about like, Oh, I want to see him play. And they end up ruining him because we've seen that happen in the NFL too. But I don't think that Kyle's, I don't think he's, he's not a dumb guy. He's a smart dude. He's going to bring him along at at, a proper progression, a proper rate. And he's going to start when he thinks Trey is ready to start. So, um, but yeah, I, like, I think that this, this is really, really great. It's going to be a really, really fun next half decade, full decade um, for 49ers fans. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot with a question. Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't talk to you about this before, really. So how many blue chip players do you think this team has and who are they? And I don't mean like we think Brandon Ayuk is going to be a blue chipper or if Raheem Mostert was healthy, he'd be. A, how many blue, legit, proven blue chip players does this team have, and who are they? All
0: right. Uh, blue chip players, uh, I would say, obviously, Kittle. Okay. Kittle, use check, um, On offense, uh, Trent Williams. Okay. Um, Debo and Ayuk aren't ready yet. They have potential, they're not ready yet. Um moster's not ready yet. Um Trey is just a rookie, he hasn't started yet. Potential, but um yeah, those guys on offense, Bosa, Warner, and honestly, Bosa Warner and in my opinion, on Williams. Cayman Williams is criminally underrated. He's not blue chip though. Like Jalen Ramsey is blue chip. Okay, I mean, okay, you fine. could say he's Blue Chip, if oh, that's okay, your opinion. Fine. But. Okay, okay, fine, 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 fine. I, I take I K-1 take his back there, if you want to compare him to Ramsey. But like what he does, like for what he does, that particular position of slot cornerback, that role that he plays, I feel like is one of the best in the league. But I get it. So I yeah, would say I, just uh, Bosa-Warner on the deep I agreed
1: with it. That's exactly what I had, too. So when I look at Blue Chip, I look at, you know, you're arguably a top two, three player in the league. And you could argue where Bosa is, but I, I think he certainly is a blue chipper. There's a lot of blue chip pass rushers. Um, I think he certainly is. So I had the same five. So I really thought about this when they signed Warner today. I'm like, well, you need blue chip guys on your team, right? You need, obviously need great players and they are really set up at some position. So yeah, you have Bosa is definitely a blue chipper. Warner agree. I think he's one of the top two linebackers in the league. He's a, he's a blue chipper. Kittle top two tight end to me. You could argue him or Kelsey, I guess. I think Kittle's more a complete player. Blue mm-hmm. chipper. Trent Williams is just an absolute stud, and he has been for years. Blue chipper. And you could say what you want to. How is a fullback really a blue chip piece on a team? Whatever. Juszczyk is the best fullback in the league. He's a blue chipper at the position. I don't care if there's six of them. It's not like he's he's there's six fullbacks, they all stink, and he's just the best. He's an excellent player. He is a blue chip player. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it to me. So to me, the Niners, I agree with you. They have five blue chip players. And this is what impressed me after what happened today. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'll repeat it. All five of these blue chip players are going to be around for a long time. Williams Mm -hmm. through 2026. Warner through through 2026. Kittle through 2025. Juszczyk through 2025. And who's the other one? Bosa. Bosa, we'll see if they resign him after his rookie deal. That's That's one of the big ones because he's going to cost a lot of money. He's got to prove that he can stay healthy, obviously but he's going to be, I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing, that's going to be an insane contract. That's going to be one that I'm interested to see. Can they pull it off if when it happens, but I can't get there with him yet because as great as he was in his rookie year, he didn't really play last year. He had some injuries in college. We got to see where we are in another year or two with that before we could really get in there, but he's definitely a blue chip player. So you have these five blue chippers and you have guys. Okay. Who do
0: we think could be blue chippers? I you for sure. Yeah, I okay. for sure I agree. Uh, Debo possibly, but I mean they got to stop using him as like a gadget guy. Like he's got to be able to do like the the normal things like an NFL receiver does. Um, yeah, I think part of that part of that was honestly like the quarterback play. Um, Mostert, I mean, the, the no, I don't think he, he will after this year. because he's gone. He's after gone this after year. this year, and and I think that like when when people think about Mostert as a blue chip player, like I mean that's fine. People think that. I don't think he is, but. Not. The Niners run; they're going to roll through running backs like crazy, right? Like the old Denver Broncos did. Unless they find somebody who's just like a generational talent, they're going to rotate running. It's it'll be a revolving door for whoever's most productive, right? Like I have, I have high hopes for Trey Sermon, but I think that like they drafted two other running backs, right? So it's like you know, like for them, they they, they can turn any running back into a star. So I don't really mind that whole running back blue chip thing.
1: Yeah, if you're a blue chip than- running, Delvin Cook is a blue chip running back. Derek Henry is a blue chip running back. You, you know what I mean? These are guys who are absolute studs who are getting 1,500, 2,000 yards, who are scoring 15, 16 touchdowns. That's a blue chipper. Raheem Mostert is a very good player in, in this system. <laughs> you know Correct. what I mean? He's, I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love Mostert. And he had one of the all-time games in the playoffs, but he's not, he's not a blue chipper. Correct. Yeah. Yep. He's 30. Um, he would have been a blue chipper by now if he's going to be a blue chipper.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Franklin Gore is a blue chipper, okay? All-time blue chipper. Absolutely, that guy. Absolutely. That guy's a blue um, Yeah, for offense, I think it's just really just it's just Ayuk right now, and maybe right. Debo. Um, on and you defense, hope
1: you hope Lance and Sermon, like you said, that uh, you hope yeah. they can get there. But I think yeah, I think Ayuk's got a chance. I agree with that.
0: Yeah, and uh, on defense, we're looking at um, geez, maybe like if Kinlaw can get there for all of the hype that that's been surrounding him, maybe he can be a disruptive force. I mean, the dude is an absolute house of a person. Um, so if he can get there, that would be great. Armstead is basically on the, on the back end of his, uh, I mean, like I'm, I'm not really a big believer in Eric Armstead, um, very good player, not a blue chipper. Yeah. Very good player, not a blue chipper. And if you look at guys like Jimmy Ward, Jimmy Ward is a very good player with what he does. I don't think he's a blue chipper. Jason Verrett. Okay. Yeah, like, very, very good player. Jason Brett had a fantastic season last year. He had probably his, one of his best seasons in his entire career. I mean, if he does that for like another three, four, five years, then we can be like, all right, cool. But like he just doesn't stay healthy enough, and he's on a one year contract. Mm-hmm. So really, Al, I mean, that is the, kind of a scary thought that like you know the potential blue chippers. They won't really only have like you know maybe Ayuk and, and Kinlaw. Yeah, but that's still that's still
1: pretty good. I that's something we should do is kind of think about it and go through teams and say like, well, how many blue chippers okay. does these team ha- this team have? Because I think the Niners, I think that would be a lot. Like Greenlaw, you five, maybe. Well, Kinlaw, Greenlaw, you got a uh, web uh, guy.
0: Who do you no, say, Kinlaw? Greenlaw. Greenlaw oh
1: god no no blue chip drago. no again like when i think blue chip fred warner is a blue chipper right drago is yeah. a good player y- yeah. you know what i mean like when you're blue chip you're talking all pro capabilities yeah yeah legit right. stud so five's a lot i think five's a lot to have i think that's pretty good and the fact that they've locked them all up that's
0: that's impressive mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. think i don't know but who kn- what do i know zane you know i mean like Honestly, Al, there's there's nothing to say that they, they don't acquire more blue chip players along the way, right? Like, you're not you're not just going to have, like, five blue chip players for the entirety of the window. Like, it could be one of those things where you have a veteran that's looking for a team that comes on a deal like, you know, like a Richard Sherman, right? Where that comes in and makes a big difference. So, mm-hmm. there's going to yeah, be guys sir. like that, that that you'll see that uh, they'll see the success here. They'll see the window and think, hey, I believe in this. I believe in Kyle. I believe in John Lynch. Let me take a shot at this and see what happens. And it almost worked for, you know, for Sherman and D Ford. So you never know what can happen. I think that the important thing is, is that if you have the foundation set, you, uh, you afford yourself the chance to get, go get those guys that are guys that like, will put you over the top, right? I call them like over the top guys. So if you had a situation where you're up against the cap and you have a bunch of aging veterans and you have to rebuild and retool your team getting an over-the-top guy is not going to do anything for you. It's just going to add to the existing mess that you are just creating for yourself. But right now, when you have the ability to have enough cat space and you have these blue chip players already existing, number one, you can go get an over-the-top guy that maybe is on like the back end of his career and like maybe has a couple of good years. And number two, you don't rely on that person to be an everyday player and every down player and every play player anymore. Like You put them in a role and they're really good in that role and they can succeed in that role. Like you're not, you're not requiring them to do the heavy lifting. Like Emmanuel Sanders, for example, right? Like he was good in that role that they had him in, but they didn't require him to be like the heavy lifter, right? Because that was Kittle. So I think that, you know, in that situation, it's going to be really, really beneficial for them to have this window open.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Zane, do you have any other Niners stuff to go? Because if not, I want to talk about um, the NBA finals just for a little
0: bit. No, everybody's getting their jerseys. I'm, I'm hoping to get mine. <laughs> So you still I got delivered. it? No, not yet. I thought, I thought it was on its way. It was on its way. It still hasn't been delivered. I think tomorrow, tomorrow it gets delivered.
1: Oh, well, dude, tweet yeah. a picture of it or something when you get it, you know? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh, oh, I, just I real also, quick. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I was also was might say. return it to <laughs> the patch thing, the whole pat, yeah. patch gate that's going on. So I may have to go to the stadium. Uh, I'll call the stadium shop and I'll see if they have the Trey Lance, like, if they have that uh, with the patch. Otherwise, like, I'll have to probably just keep this one. We'll see. <laughs> gotcha. Um, A healthy D Ford, which I don't
1: think is anything that's going to happen. You could argue it also gives you blue chip production because he's done that in the past. But again, that's in the past. All right. Anyway, I think I've said this on the show before. I definitely tweeted it. I'm not into the NBA at all anymore. I used to be a Mm -hmm. huge NBA fan and I just for whatever reason, I just completely fell out of it. Mm -hmm. I'm a Lakers fan. Last year was the first championship. Any of my teams won where I was just kind of watching it like, oh, that's cool. Like I wasn't into it like at all. I think the only Lakers game I watched this year was the playing game against the Warriors. Um, not in the NBA at all. I was super into the finals this year. And everybody said, oh, there's no star power. It's the Suns and it's the Bucks." I was super into it. I thought the games were great. And I am a huge Giannis fan right now. I'm a Giannis fan. I'm not saying I'm a Bucs fan now. I'm always going to be a Lakers fan. But in terms of rooting for the player, Giannis may get me back into the NBA. He is a good dude. He is a really good dude. He talked about, he was in an interview and he talked about his, his past, uh, looking at things in the past as your ego and looking at things in the future as your pride and, and how to live in the moment. And he's just really well-rounded and he seems like a good dude and he's all about family and I love watching him play. I love it. He's a freak. They call him the Greek freak and he is, you could tell he had the sun shook defensively. He comes out with those blocks. He had an all time, all time finals game last night to clinch in game six, 50 points. And he hits all those free throws, 14 mm-hmm. rebounds, five blocks. I thought it was great for the league. I, I personally don't like the super teams. People mm-hmm. can say what you want to on it. I don't like it. If people are going to do it, great. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get all up in arms and say like, that's the reason I don't watch the league. That's not it. I just, mm-hmm. the game itself, I just kind of fell out of, but I don't like the super teams. I think it's stupid when everybody comes together and like, Oh, let's try to win a championship and now I'm going to go here. And now I'm going to go there. And like LeBron, what's he been on three different teams, but he went back to the Cavs. Like, I just think it's garbage. I personally don't really like it. I know I'll upset a lot of people because there's probably a ton of people who like Kevin Durant. I'm sure there's a lot of Warriors fans that listen to this. But I used to like Durant a lot as a player. And then when he went to the Warriors, I was kind of like, really, dude? You're just going to hop on the bandwagon? You're just going to go with Steph and Clay?" And I know, I know Durant was a huge part of those championships. But you could say, you could argue with Durant and say, like, well, listen, he, you know, that's where he wanted to go. Okay. But then he left to go to another yes. super team mm-hmm. with, with Kyrie and Hart. It ended up being Harden, too. So I'm like, dude. So I was happy. Giannis stayed with the Bucks. He, you know, him and Middleton, and, and they, they got a, a piece with, with Drew Holiday. You know, he's not a superstar, but they got a piece and he got it done, man. And I don't care who he played against. The Suns, you know, Chris Paul is an all time player. Devin Booker is mm-hmm. a really good player. He got it done. He played who he had to play. And he won, and I think it's awesome for the league and I hope he wins more and I hope he's the face of the NBA moving forward. I'm not a LeBron guy. He's on my team and I'm still not a LeBron guy. So I hope Giannis is the face of the NBA moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think that like if we look at this from a larger scale, it's so important that that the Bucks won because this after LeBron, like who's the face of the NBA? Like Kevin Durant, like yeah, like he you know, he's an all-time great, but he doesn't carry that same weight as LeBron does. Like Kevin mm-hmm. Durant is more of a, he's a he's an all-time scorer. But as a defender and, and all that stuff, like he's not, he's, he's not elite and he's never been elite. So I think that you have somebody in, in Giannis who's doing it at both ends of the floor. Like he's an elite defender. He's an elite scorer. And the guy is, I mean, he's clutched like 50 points in a, in a closeout game. What I think the last time was what 1958 that happened or 1968, something like that that happened it was over it's 50 crazy. years ago that that happened. I mean, that's insane. So I, it's, this NBA Finals, Al, was probably the most fun and relaxed NBA Finals that I've watched in the last 10, 12 years. Basically, ever since LeBron, got him starting to get NBA Finals, this was the most fun. Because I am not—I really dislike, I'm not a LeBron guy. I really dislike him. You know that. Everybody who yeah. follows me know that. I'm not, I, I really can't stand the guy. On the court, off the court, I think he's a fantastic human being. I think he's a fantastic person. But LeBron, the basketball player, can't stand him. For things like that. Because all he does is build super teams, right? Like now what's going to happen is that Chris Paul just got knocked out. Chris Paul is going to join the Lakers next year. That's what's going to happen. And you're going to say, you're going to have another super team next year. Yeah, you're probably right. I didn't think of that. You're probably right. <laughs> so the, you know, the, the issue is, is that like, there's no parody in the NBA. And when teams like this, win, I think it's awesome, like the, the whole Toronto Raptors being the Warriors thing, I think that was a total fluke because the entire, literally entire Warriors team was hurt. Like they are right. missing everybody. Right. So it was just Steph by himself playing them. And that's not going to, like, Warriors fans, you know, when they, when they lost, they honestly weren't even upset. They're like, well, you know, like, the whole team was hurt. What are you supposed to do? So I think that with Giannis winning and with the Bucs winning, it's such a huge moment for the NBA because it shows that teams that, that are built organically don't have to have a bevy of superstars to win. Like, you had a superstar and a supporting cast around him. And it wasn't a fluke. Like, this was a legitimate championship because they've been knocking on the door a couple of years. Like yeah, last year yeah, they, they've they been right in, there. Yeah, they were in the bubble last year and they got knocked out. and And he talked about that post game press conference. They were in the bubble and they got knocked out last year. I mean, that's not even really a legit championship to me, anyways. That, that the Lakers won, but I mean, like you know, this year they came back. They they were close last year. They were the one seed. They got knocked out. They I believe were the one seed again this year. And they they closed the deal. Like they basically after LeBron's two O tweet that he sent to Chris Paul. They uh, they got they it, the Suns essentially got swept after that. So I think it's kind of funny. But, I mean, Al, I think it's great because the, the league needs new faces. They need new players. They need players to carry on the torch. Now, LeBron is thir- turning 36 this year. He's on the back end of his career. His Olympic career is done. Like, you're now looking at a league that is going to have a lot of really good players, but no, like, face of the league. And I think right. that's a byproduct of them promoting this whole super team thing and be like oh yeah that's awesome like do you remember when kobe wanted chris paul and the lakers and they they nixed that trade yeah you remember I that do. Right? yeah yeah i do like i mean we were at the time i was like are you kidding me they, they, how can they do this and now it's just like all right just a free-for-all like all right cool hey katie come kyrie's like hey katie come join me harden deandre jordan and blake griffin in freaking brooklyn to go build a super team which didn't win anyways right but it's it's ridiculous as a bulls fan who is trying to watch his team build organically and is not able to attract any of these superstars. It's so frustrating because you know, your team doesn't have a chance against Eastern. Right. right. You know, And they do need, like
1: you said, they need a transcendent face, right? Not like somebody who is locally popular, regionally popular. They need a transcendent guy. And I think a lot of people like Giannis. He seems like a really likable person. I feel like he's getting a lot of attention now and it's all positive, which is good. So maybe he can be that guy. Cause I think, I think the NBA needs it. I really do yeah. like for again for me I, I guess a casual fan i have not watched it at all in years so maybe this brings me back in. we'll see i don't know we'll see i hope so because i love basketball but i've been
0: watching more college than nba lately yeah.
1: we'll see what yeah. happens
0: i mean he's just such a nice dude too yeah like, he's yeah. just he's such such a solid nice guy. guy like he's just it's a refreshing. really great guy
1: and it's, it's really refreshing.
0: cool it's really cool to see so super happy super happy for the bucks um I mean, I'm in Chicago right now as of the recording of the show. So like not a lot of Chicago people are happy because of the, the rivalry between Wisconsin. and Right. <laughs> but, but I'm, I am happy for the bucks. So I, I think that I, I love his game. Like if I were to have his favorite player, it would probably be Steph Curry. And then and take a right there at the top as well. Yeah. it's awesome. All right. Zane yeah. next week. Camp. Finally. I can't wait. Oh my God. It's been such a long off season, man. Such a long I, off season. Are, it. Right. Can around we the just corner. say, can we just say like a, like, a prayer or like a good vibe, or for those of you who don't practice, but put good vibes out there towards the 49 team. Everybody, please stay healthy. Please don't, no injuries this camp. Cam Akers, we just heard about that this week. He ruptured his Achilles for the Rams. He's done for the year. Yeah, no for injuries. for the league please. in general. Yeah, like, you know, just stay, everybody stay healthy, man. I want to see teams at full strength. I don't want to see guys getting hurt. I want to I have fun this year. I want to see how, I want to see the Niners at full strength this year.
1: Yeah, and this is the time of year as excited as everybody is. It's also the time where, everybody just holds their breaths for the next six or seven weeks. You don't want to hop yeah. on Twitter and see the injury. You know, you don't want to turn yeah. on sports center NFL network and, and hear the news of the injury to yeah. so whoever it is on your team or any team cam Akers, mm-hmm. It sucks. It sucks for Rams fans. It sucks for fantasy football. I had him. I thought he was gonna have a huge year. I <laughs> had him. My fantasy football list with stars all around him. Like I was drafting cam Akers as much as I possibly could. So mm-hmm. it sucks. So just good. Like Zane said, good vibes to everybody, the entire league. Let's have a great football season. I cannot wait. Let's do it. It's Let's starting do it. Up, All right, man. everybody. Thanks so much uh, for Zane. this is Al. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Peace.